0: Everybody wanted to see Kenny Pickett. Everybody wanted to see what the quarterback could do. And guess what you found out instead? Yeah, that's right. All the rest of them are terrible. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way right and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Bill's 38. Steelers 3, there, I said it. This is coming to you from Orchard Park, scene of the crime. Scene of multiple crimes. Really, you know? And and by that, I, 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 I have to first split this, like in half, in the sense that the bills are just really that good. It's okay to say it. Because they're doing this to everybody right now. And they almost look like They're so good that they're holding back. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially on offense, they looked like they could have scored 50 or 60 in this game, except they were like, eh, we'll save a few for next week just to amuse ourselves. It's a tremendous football team. It's the class of the AFC. And by the time February rolls around, they might be the class of the whole thing. Now, that said, this also was supposed to be a really big occasion in that it was Kenny Pickett's NFL starting debut, the first time he really had the keys to the car. And he did well enough, you know, 327 yards on 34 of 52 passing. Uh, One yucky, for lack of a better descriptive term, interception. But for the most part, I, I thought he actually could have had a lot more, except for all the drops except for all the lousy play calling, except for the completely uninspired running game, and everything else, everything else. And that's the part that really jumps out from this game for me. It's not the loss or even the blowout loss. The Bills really are that much better than the Steelers because they really are that much better than everybody. None of that's going to be a surprise to anybody, But the fact that you went out there with a quarterback, with an honest, gosh, NFL starting quarterback who looks like he's got the pedigree to be what James Daniels would later call him our franchise quarterback, and you saw everybody else just shrink from the occasion or worse, worse than shrinking from the occasion, actually just being that bad, just, just being at the level that they belong that's the offense that you have right now in Pittsburgh that's the offense it's Kenny Pickett it's George Pickens it's a couple offensive linemen and occasionally the whole group of them because it's always fairer to gauge those guys together and who Pat Fryermuth and 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 what and what, what what did we actually see here? We saw a good quarterback. The answer to what was supposed to be the biggest question of the 2022 season. We saw that injected into this offense. And it still looked awful. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Now, Kenny, to his credit, took his share of the blame. Good for him. I mean, that's who he is. But did you catch that little line about how, you know, this is this is my team, I'm this team's quarterback, good for him on that count too, because he is. And there's no question about that. There's no question about it moving forward. I don't know that there would have been one, even if he'd performed poorly, because the last thing you want if you're Mike Tomlin is to be going back and forth and back and forth. But he put himself into a spot where he could say that convincingly after the game, even though They'd lost, and even though, of course, the offense didn't generate a touchdown. But when you see Deontay Johnson dropping balls left and right, when you see him making five catches out of 13 targets, when you see Chase Claypool just letting everything clang off his hands while he's falling backward as if somebody you know shoved him in the back of the knees or something. When you see Najee Harris unable or unwilling or whatever the term would be to hit a hole like the way a running back is supposed to, any running back, never mind a first rounder. It's it's the kind of thing that makes you wonder what would this be like even if the defense wasn't terrible? But the defense is terrible. The defense was embarrassing again yesterday. And yes. Both things can be true. Buffalo can be that good, and Pittsburgh can be that bad. Both things were true. If you're the head coach, you're you're facing some significant decisions, at least one would hope, over the next 48 hours. And it can't be longer than that because you do have another game next week, and it's against Tom Brady. What are those decisions? How about this one? Have you fired the offensive coordinator yet? I mean, and if you haven't, this is Tomlin speaking to himself in the mirror, by the way. Why not? How about my role? What what have I done? What have I done to make this team better? What kind of mistakes have I made, including in the personnel department, since I'm very heavily involved in the draft and other things. Tomlin doesn't like to do that, certainly not publicly. He doesn't like to look at macro anything. Everything to him is about either the game they just played or the game they're about to play. And I've long felt that that's something that he uses as a shield from some of the more challenging questions that he'd have to face, not just from people like me, but from, you know, from himself or from Art Rooney. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, we really stunk today, and we need to own it, and all the other stuff he threw at us after the game. But it's quite another to say, hey, been a while since we've been in the playoffs. Or to say something like, maybe we should have spent some of these draft picks on offensive linemen. But that's, again, that just doesn't appear to be his DNA even away from the field of competition. Right now, he's got... He's got issues. And maybe the, the mindset is, hey, let's go beat Tampa Bay next week and see where we are. The division is still terrible. We can rally. Everybody remember London, how it was the end of the world in 2013 at 0-4. We ended up being 8-8, eight and eight, almost made the playoffs in a similar situation. Well, this situation is a lot worse. This team is not that team. Now, I was in London for that game, and I went around that locker room, and I'm talking to Troy Polamalu and Ben Roethlisberger and Heath Miller and Ryan Clark and all these big-time players. All that happened with that team going 0-4 was that they'd grossly underachieved and run into some rotten luck. This, 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 does this look like luck to you? This team has found its quarterback. Good for the team, good for the quarterback, and good luck with everything else when we come back, J1Q. Welcome back. It's time for In Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888 842 5454. And today's J1Q comes from Scott Salerno, who asks Can we all finally agree that Deontay Johnson isn't the WR1 we thought he could be? Just impeccable timing to drop big passes in big moments. Scott, I appreciate the sentiment. I happen to agree with the sentiment, but I'm going to quibble with one bit of phrasing that you had there because it sounds to me like you're letting him off the hook at least a little by pointing out the big moments as if he's, I don't know, failing in the clutch or something or overwhelmed by the situation. The situation is this was a one in three football team getting blown out by what just might be the best football team on the planet. So there was no, you know, big swing or something like that in this game. There wasn't a, a third and, I don't know, five or something that he absolutely had to convert. No, he was just dropping passes. He just wasn't making plays. Just like he didn't make plays in a game before that when he had two catches and the big drop or tip off of his fingers that ended up costing Mitch Trubisky his job, which was a good thing. That might be the biggest contribution that Deontay's made to the season to date. This just isn't a number one receiver. In fact, I'm going to take this a little further here. I'm not sure that I heard all that many people describe him as such. There were some, for sure. And especially around the time of the contract extension, it became a real debating point. But, I mean, you know, what you see is what you see. No, he, he's not making big plays. He's hardly getting anything after the catch. And remember, that was supposed to be one of the big attractions whenever everybody was comparing him, not literally to Antonio Brown, but at least stylistically to A.B. Because he was able to do good route running. He was able to catch the ball. And for a spell there, he was able to make something out of those catches, even when he would do that annoying thing where he'd run the U-turn back and then start moving forward. Everybody's got onto that now. He doesn't get any yards after the catch anymore, but he's also not getting catches much, you know? He's just, he is what he is. He's starting to perform like somebody who either could be uh, more of an inside receiver than an outside guy or just a supplementary player. You know, he's the kind of guy who on the wide receiving core that the Steelers had, oh, I don't know, let's say five, six years ago, he would have been put out there as a number three or even a four. And you would have been all right with him because he wouldn't have been counted on for anything. But it's not just him. It really isn't. I can't talk about Deontay without bringing up Chase Claypool. Because Claypool's doing something completely different, but it's just as crippling to this offense. And that's just letting everything clang off his hands. And, you know, here's another guy. Whenever I say anything at all about either of these guys, but especially Claypool, everybody gets really defensive about it. I don't know why. I I really don't know why because he hasn't done anything in this league, okay? But he'll get a, a ball that comes his way. Somebody's on him because he can never create separation, And they'll say, oh, listen, he got it batted away. It was poked away. It was defended. Okay, how about this? Create another like seven inches of separation from the dude behind you. All right? And when the ball does come and make it into your hands, how about pulling it in so they don't bat it away? How about doing something responsible with it? How about catching it? That's in the job description. No, it's in the job description title, receiver. They're supposed to catch the ball. This team has one number one wide receiver, and you can interpret that term right here whichever way you want, meaning George Pickens would be a number one wide receiver on a lot of teams. He's absolutely number one on the Pittsburgh Steelers. He caught six passes on eight targets. That number needs to go a lot higher. Let him have Deontay's 13 targets. Wait till you see how different this offense looks, especially in the red zone. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.